I'm Jacob Weiss. I'm Logan Elrod. And we minored in film. So it looks like we have a, we're a little light on the film news this week, I yep. think, Logan. But anything you want to share, we can talk about, discuss, dissect. Uh, Robert De Niro's injuries leg off, uh, injures leg off a set while filming Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this is a very light week for film news. Yeah, so he injured his leg uh, in a set in Oklahoma. Uh, mm. Which is starring, you know, Leo DiCaprio. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's well, my film, though. News. Well, hopefully he's okay. But no, it happened on his own time. It wasn't even on set. Oh, oh man. It's well, just getting older, you know. Yeah. It's just the, the best of, of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe this is probably the biggest piece of news here, it looks like, is that the Golden Globes won't air in 2022, which, I mean, I really don't even care about. I don't watch the Golden Globes. <laughs> But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I have. It's showing um, the decline, and do people just not care about film awards anymore? Maybe just this well, that's what the ratings show. And uh, the viewership is looking like. I mean, it's hard to watch it. Yeah. I think just people were, it seems like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, um, apparently, I guess, just oh, they did horrible. called out on yeah. just like lack of inclusivity and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, they're horrible with that type of stuff. Um they they do some crazy stuff. They do crazier than Oscars. They pick some wild picks, and it's just yeah. I I I mean I forgot what they did this year, but yeah. I mean there's no ratings with it. Um, I'm trying to figure out who puts on the Golden Globes. Is it NBC? I don't um, know. Yeah. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um. Yeah. It it is NBC. So I, it, we don't necessarily know that it's canceled forever, but at least for next no, year. No, just for next year, yeah. yeah. That's and, what they said. You know, maybe they'll still I don't do, think they'll cancel it forever. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe they'll still publish awards, but maybe just not have an, an event for it. Yeah. The Oscars should take a year off, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Also, it looks like everyone and their mom has joined the cast of Knives Out, too. Yeah, we joined. <laughs> uh, this was our announcement before uh-huh. we got into the meat and potatoes. Yep. Yeah, uh, we have spoiler, joined. Spoiler, I'm the killer. Um, Whoa. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. And our contract just got pulled. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. You're welcome. Uh, so what? We have Catherine Hahn, um, Dave Batista. Who else? Janelle Monet, Edward Norton. Yep. So lots of folks. Even like that, yeah, some some strange castings. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. We also had a decent number of trailers this week. We had one for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I did watch that. I mean, I look it looks okay, I guess. I don't really a lot of, a lot care of carnage much for it. Yeah, a lot of carnage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do like Andy Circus, so it'd be kind of interesting the, to watch him uh, direct a film. The Green Knight, man. I'm excited for that. Did you see the trailer for that? I did. I, yeah. I'm excited too. So another A24 movie uh, coming out in 2021, The Green Knight. Go watch the trailer if you haven't. It's uh, about the headstrong nephew of King Arthur embarks on a daring quest to confront the uh, Green Knight. Mm. So I guess this is like a, a fairy tale beforehand. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, it looks like a like a kind you know one of the like a. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it this looks whole like... news section's a mess, dude. I stumbled <laughs> earlier. It uh, looks like a medieval fantasy sort of, which yeah. I, it's which I'm curious to see from an A24 film because they do mm-hmm. things differently. So the Fox was to talking. See it, yeah, like to see it in like a not. <laughs> traditional like Hollywood blockbuster kind of way. I'm yeah, I'm very excited. That. I've been waiting for this movie forever. So uh, David Lowry's directing it. Uh, what, did he, what 
else did he see directed? I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, any other trailers? Looks like uh, a trailer for the Sparks Brothers, a new documentary from Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. which I think that's pretty exciting. I don't know anything about the I'm, Sparks I mean, Brothers. Nor I know I. very little. Uh, listen to a couple songs here and there, but yeah, I've I, I like music documentaries, so I, mm-hmm. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, just because it's Edgar Wright, I'll probably watch it because I'd like to see how he does with a documentary because he is a director that's all about style. Well, also the Sparks brothers also have a lot of style and Mm -hmm. they're kind of quirky in their own right. Kind of like Edgar Wright. Well, then I'm excited for that. Yeah. And, uh, God, there's another big trailer. It's a Disney live action trailer. Uh, I can't think jungle cruise. No, Emma, Emma, uh, Emma stone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't care. (laughs) Have you not seen the trailer? Not the one, I guess, recently, no. Dude, it looks good. Really? Yeah, so people are starting to uh, post their reviews about it, uh, you know, people that do it for a living. Mm-hmm. it's. I think it's got great reviews so far, but the trailer looked actually really good, so I think okay. Jacob was just kind of hating right there. <laughs> um, Maybe. Sorry. Sorry. But no, yeah, it looks actually kind of like a little different, um, and I'm excited about it. Emma Stone's a great actor, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess it looks like there's also a trailer for the latest Purge movie, which I also don't really care about. No, I've I don't seen either. Like one of them, I've it seen two good. of them. Um, and still yeah. makes money, I guess. <laughs> we got our first like little few clips of footage from Chloe Zhao's um, Eternals. Oh, did we? Her Marvel movie, yeah. So Exciting. That is, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited to see a Chloe Zhao. Marvel. Oh, I love Chloe Zhao, but I mean, I'm just not like. I'm excited for that Dracula movie. Apparently, she's making (laughs) that seems cool. Uh Even just from like the four like shots that they showed in this little tease, like it looks different. Like it really does it. Just visually looks different. Yeah, from the other stuff. So I'm just I'm just really curious to see it. Yeah, I'll watch it, Mm -hmm. but because I have to. <laughs> for this podcast, not out of love. <laughs> All right. Anything else from news you got? No, Logan? that was pretty boring news week. I'm sorry you guys had to listen to this. <laughs> Ad break. And we're back. Wow. What are we talking about today, Jacob? <laughs> today on episode 27 of We Minored in Film, the meat and potatoes for this week is Hell or High Water. It's a 2016 film about a divorced dad and his ex-con brother resort to robbing banks in order to save their family's farm in West Texas, all while being pursued by two Texas Rangers. So it's a very simple film plot. Mm-hmm. A Western. Crazy. Yeah, a Western, a modern Western, directed by David McKenzie, written by Taylor Sheridan, composed by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, edited by Jake Roberts with cinematography by Giles Nutgens, and starring Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Gil Birmingham, Marin Ireland, Kevin Rankin, Dale Dickey, Katie Mixon, and more. Mm. Really the big names here, of course, Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. Mm -hmm. The budget of this film was $12 million, and the box office was $37.9 million. So it was a success, not a huge release. I didn't really hear about it at all until... It was nominated for the Oscars and, you know, just like word of mouth. I kind of heard of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Did you watch this in theaters? Did you know about no, it? No, I did watch it when it came out, though. Um, I think it might have first released on Netflix. I don't know if that's true. But, yeah, I watched it around like 2016 or 2017. Okay. Yeah. And this was 
nominated for four Oscars. For, really? Yes, for Best Picture, Best Film Editing, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges. Dude, I do not remember that. I'm yeah. usually like watch the Oscars every year and uh-huh. remember. I don't remember that at all. Yes. That's crazy. It, it did not win any of them, yeah. but it was nominated for those four. Mm. This is a spoiler warning here on out for Hell or High Water. So what? Well, I, I got to give my impressions first. Uh, yes, yes. I was about to ask. <laughs> give me a chance. Look. Uh, <laughs> so, well, this is a movie that you kind of told me before you'd seen. It wasn't super memorable to you. You thought it was like fine, but yeah, I didn't crazy. like it when I first watched it. Um, yeah, so people change, Jacob. Uh, uh-huh. For some reason, I don't know why I didn't like this movie. I didn't like it to the where where I shut it off in the middle of it. Oh wow! Um, I don't know why though, because I've watched this movie and it's like this is definitely a movie I should like, and yeah. I do now. You do, Good. yeah. I must have been like Good. having a bad day or something <laughs> like that. I think like Chris Pine pissed me off when I first watched it, and then I watched it and I was like, Chris Pine is fine in this movie. Uh-huh. Like, there's nothing that makes me angry about Chris Pine's performance. <laughs> He's like. Doesn't even talk that much or anything uh-huh. like that, um, but yeah, no, I love this movie. Actually, it's uh, I I was glad that I thought I was gonna come in hating it again, uh-huh. but no, it totally changed my mind. Um, I think all the characters have a lot of ground to them, um, especially Jeff Bridges. I think mm-hmm. probably has the most out of everybody, uh, being a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. I thought that the kind of like the whole plot in itself was uh i don't know it was like a device for the uh, the characters to like show out in the movie yeah i thought this movie was about people mm-hmm. that's at least how i took it uh mm-hmm. people uh specifically in west texas mm-hmm. and um yeah this movie I, I yeah i really enjoyed this movie good well yeah you're right on the money there we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit but uh, i'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it this is a movie mm-hmm. i really like it's been a little while since i've seen it um this is one of the first movies I showed Callista where she was actually like, wow, that was a good movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. She normally hates what I have to yeah. watch. But, um, yeah, All the actors I, in this movie killed it, by oh, the way. Oh, they really are. So I first watched this movie, I don't know, sophomore year of college, like what, four years ago, three or four years ago? I don't know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I really liked it. I think I like that it is, it's a tight film. It doesn't feel like there's anything extra. I think it knows what it I, wants to do. I do th- think there's a little extra stuff mm-hmm. that go off like go off beat in the mm-hmm. story um but like very minor things like not totally like mm-hmm. stuff that's like why was that there like i guess oh. like it was for like character development but i thought it wasn't needed for their mm-hmm. development like specifically like this is just a nitpicky thing yeah yeah uh but you brought it up uh like crisp pine beating up that dude that got out of the challenger uh-huh that totally fell off beat to me okay um some of the scenes in the casino were mm. unnecessary, but anyway. I can see where you're coming yeah. from. I can see where you're coming from. I guess when I say that, I think I more so just mean like runtime. I think it, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it knew. I'm so glad it was an hour and like, I don't know, 30 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, hour 42, I think. But I think that's the perfect runtime for this. I don't oh, think it needed sure. to be any longer. I think if it was longer, that's when I would start to maybe go down a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, for what it, it's. I good. think it could have been even shorter. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> Probably, yeah, even ten minutes shorter. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been like a really solid, just ninety minute. And I like really the e- the ending. Like I like the smooth kind of like, not guns a blazing mm-hmm. ending. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, uh, the director David McKenzie, 
He is a Scottish film director. He's oh, he's, known... he's not American? No, he's not. He's That's Scottish. pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, he's known for Hell or High Water, The Outlaw King, Starred Up, Perfect Sense, Spread, Young Adam, and more. Um, I was actually surprised to see, I think he's done 11 features. I haven't seen any of those. I know. I've only seen two of them. A lot of them I had never even heard of. Um, I mean, he's had some with like Ewan McGregor in them. But um, Oh, love it. Yeah, so I was kind of shocked to see he'd had so many. Oh, Outlaw King. I have seen that. Yeah, that's the one other I have seen. Yeah, Chris Pine was also in that movie. Yep. Did I not actually, like that movie. Uh -huh, me neither. I didn't. I don't. I really don't remember it. That's kind of how little it stood out. To yeah, me. I was looking up the name to expect another Western. Uh -huh, no. <laughs> but it was, uh, it's a Scottish movie. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I think when I watched Hell or High Water, I kind of thought this was his first movie. And then Outlaw King was like, oh, this is supposed to be his next big success. But he's done 11 um, they, to pretty mixed reviews. I think some are some are very well reviewed and rated. Some are on the lower end. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious to see more. His films don't really fit any particular type or genre. He kind of does a bit of everything, which, like I, which I respect. Like mm -hmm. And uh, he usually tries to film his movies sequentially. Um, when he can, and he did that a lot for this movie. Yep. Kind of the first shot of the movie is the first scene they did, and he they try to do it like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of that is uh, this might be one of my fun facts, but uh, Chris Pine, he was his schedule for Star Trek Into Darkness was so tight that he was only available for two and a half weeks to film this movie. Oh, so wait, they did, they did all of his scenes in two and a half weeks, they the filmed main them character? sequentially. Yep. So I think that doing that kind of helped keep him into it since yeah. it was such a short time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so, I, I I feel like we say this a lot, like, it was only filmed in, like, this amount of time, and then we have other movies, it was like, it was filmed over 10 years, or yeah. something like that. Uh -huh. It's just so crazy how, like, each film can vary. Mm -hmm. um, two weeks with your main character? Yeah. That's crazy. I think, I know, because a lot of the times you maybe think, like, oh, more film days, I mean, it's probably gonna be a better movie, but really not always. Yeah. I think a lot of it just comes down to... The story. Yeah, the story, and if this crew knows what they're doing and is good at what yeah. they do. Take a shot every time I say that's crazy, and let's see how <laughs> drunk you get by the end of the, our 45-minute podcast. <laughs> Calissa, I see you we'll doing see. shots out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, the other big, you know, creative behind this is the writer, Taylor Sheridan, um, I actually probably found maybe even a little bit more about him than David McKenzie, but he used to be an actor in television um, in mm. Veronica Mars in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, wow. Um, and then he kind of moved from writing into directing. Or no, he moved from acting into writing can, and directing. Can you say the name of the Sons of Anarchy character? Um, I don't know the name of his character, but the actor is Taylor Sheridan. Okay, because I have seen that show, so I'm just trying to think mm -hmm. of who that is. Okay, but um, I didn't realize that this guy has written some movies that i really like he also wrote sicario oh what? yeah and he wrote the sequel for it as well which Ooh, we just yeah, we just yeah listened for a bonus episode for next uh, for this week yeah and um he also wrote wind river did you ever see that that's with jeremy renner i like that movie Olsen. a lot Me i watched too. that in a hot tub yeah <laughs> it, it was a weird story two dudes in a hot tub watch uh -huh. this movie great movie i loved it yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. I want to watch it again. I don't know why I had to mention I was in Hot Tub, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, this year, he also wrote Without Remorse, which sounds familiar, but I don't remember what it is. And then he wrote Those Who Wish Me Dead, which actually releases the day that we're recording this on HBO. Well, Max. now you say it, all those movies are very similar in a way, mm -hmm. especially with the story. Um, they are. 
Um, and kind of what, where he comes with this is he likes absurdly simple stories where he can really focus on the characters, which is exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think people who can write such simple stories and mm. they be like very well written are some of the best writers out there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is so hard to do. Yeah, and those are the kind of writers where I think pairing them with like a, a fantastic director, yeah. like you, the movie you get is gold. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. And um, so he... He hates exposition, which is kind of, I think, why he kind of got out of acting a little bit because it's super frequent in TV. You'll get a lot of exposition dumps and yeah, stuff a lot. He was the cop, by the way, if anybody watches okay, Sons okay. of Anarchy. And, um, uh, yeah, so he likes simple stories. He's also directed, um, he directed Wind River. Oh, he did realize. a great job. Yeah, and uh, he also directed Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is the one that, that comes out while we're recording. So I, I'm curious to see that. I'm definitely we'll do a movie going to review check of it that. out. All right, awesome. And uh, he, uh, well, which is funny though, is he also was writing and directing the show Yellowstone. So oh. I guess he wasn't totally done with TV, maybe just with acting. He well, got you know a what? Tired so of, that's, but. I mean, that show, I haven't seen it. Um, my dad watches it. It's very popular. Like the ratings are through the roof of mm. Yellowstone. So yeah, I've it, heard good things. Yeah. Um, I've seen one episode. I, I probably would have to watch the whole show to even like get a radar of what it is. The one episode I watched was kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but it is very similar of his other um, scripts that he's written. Yeah. So it makes sense that he did Yellowstone. See, I'm having trouble trying to think of how to put into words, but I know exactly what you mean by talking about the similarity. Yeah. They all just have, well, like, I don't know, simple, I guess that gritty, simple, yeah. usually some sort of crime or something going on. It's usually on. like, I don't know, it feels like blue collar, simple stories. Yeah. That's the only way I, I can like put that. it. <laughs> but I mean, what else do we have? Like simple stories that really kind of let you focus on the characters. I guess Jaws, that's literally just shark eating people. Yeah, like but even go... when we did our Alien uh, pot episode, mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It was the same thing, like Alien on Spaceship Crew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another really good one I like is All is Lost with Robert Redford. It's mm. literally just Robert Redford is the only person in the movie. I don't know if I've seen that, actually. Yeah, it's just Robert Redford getting lost at sea and surviving. It's like it's another really mm. tight, like, 90-minute, just simple and film. I think, like, the really like good. some of the best movies are, like, just such simple stories. Mm -hmm. And it's we're saying simple, but it's not simple to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the characters of this movie, like, we've talked about that really what this simple story allows is to focus on the characters um, and this movie is really about two sets of brothers, kind of brothers by blood is one pair and then brothers by, I don't know, proximity, job, whatever you want to call it is kind mm -hmm. of the other set here. So first we have Toby Howard played by Chris Pine. Uh, don't like the is, name by the way. Yeah. Toby, Toby and Tanner are too, too similar. I mean, but, but the teams. I mean, you live in the South. How many people do that? <laughs> to, oh, to, yeah. How many yeah. people put like the same letter in all their kids? Uh -huh. Like, what's your let's brother's have, name? Let's have 20 children who all begin with J. Is well, your, oh, mine? It, yeah. Are no, they? mine are Zach and Caleb. Oh, okay. We're different. They're all Bible <laughs> names. That's also big in the South. Yeah. But. Anyway, go on. <laughs> But um, Chris Pine, he is instantly recognizable even under Dude, that mask. Dude, he's so good looking, his, bro. His eyes are stunning. <laughs> Dude, he is stunning. so good looking. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, how, why did they make him, like, why is he good looking <laughs> like that? <laughs> you know, it's share like, some. Come on. I was about to say, they're trying to make him look rugged, but honestly, I think that just adds to it. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this man's like sweaty and dirty. I'm uh, like, this is like the best looking man no, on earth. That's like, his ex-wife. And I'm like, you don't deserve him. Get out of here. <laughs> 
It's like, I, it's just not allowed. Come uh-huh. on, share some good looks for us, man. Uh-huh. Me and Jacob starving out here. Anyway, go on. But Toby Howard, he is soft-spoken. He seems to be more hesitant about these crimes, even though they're his idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels wronged by the banks who basically stole this property out from his mother who recently passed away and he wants the um the he wants to right his own wrongs with his family as well and so he decided to rob these banks and um yeah but he feels you can tell he feels bad about it he wants to get over it with yeah. it he he wants to just stick to the plan just finish not no one to get hurt um i really like this scene with him talking to his son where he told his son, he's like, no, like you believe everything that's going to come about. Yeah. That was, that was a good line. Just do better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the writer's name again? Uh, the Taylor Sheridan, Taylor Sheridan. He went hard on that line right there. Mm -hmm. That was, that was awesome. But even the ending it with the beer, like, Oh wow. You're listening. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Believe what I did. Like, Uh yeah. And then the total counterpoint to Tanner, or no, to Toby is Tanner Howard, played by Ben Foster, who also did great in this movie. Yeah, he, he did so good, I hated it. I know. <laughs> you hate his character, but you kind of love to hate him a little bit. At least I do. I did not love him um, at all. <laughs> uh, he's the criminal in the family. He enjoys the criminal lifestyle. He has fun doing it. Um, and he's already... He really is about family, though. He's already sacrificed a lot by killing his father, who was abusive. He decided mm-hmm. to kill him. That put him in jail for a while. And I, he's really, at that point, willing to sacrifice whatever he needs to for his family, yeah. including his own life. Um, I think he kind of knows, at least at some point, it kind of hits him that he knows he's not going to make it out of this alive, but he's going to go down guns blazing. Uh, he's not upset about it. He's kind of ready. Killing innocent people. Yeah. Um, don't love that about him, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just said it. No, yeah, uh-huh. you're right. I think, but he also does enjoy that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, he enjoys robbing banks, you know, the whole diner scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a really good shot, which yeah, there was some some star troopers in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> some stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. Star troopers. There That's, is like, isn't there is, star is troopers like the in, in Star Wars? I thought there no, was like different names. I don't names. think so. There but are, I, but I, I don't think to, star troopers. I meant to say stormtroopers, but uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also, on the opposite side, are Texas Rangers. We have Marcus Hamilton, which I don't even know if they ever mentioned his last name was Hamilton. I think they just call him Marcus, but yeah. played by Jeff Bridges, who was nominated for the Oscar for this role. Mm-hmm. He is perfect in this role. Yeah, um, he's just good at roles in, like that in general, like oh, yeah. True Grit. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, you knew it. It was going to be a good performance the moment you see him. Yeah, and Marcus Hamilton or Jeff Bridges is um, was the actor that the right that Taylor Sheridan had in mind while writing this. Oh, of course. And he also had Ben Foster in mind for Tanner Howard. Um, he <laughs> writers, I guess you know they try not to write for specific actors, but inevitably it just happens sometimes. Cause yeah, you don't and get it, your it works a lot and, of times though. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. So Jeff Bridges, Marcus Hamilton, he's on the verge of retirement. Um, he's a widower. He kind of sees these robberies as his last big hurrah, um, as, a sh- as the Texas sheriff. Um, you feel kind of bad for him because I mean, his wife has clearly passed away, which he mentions and he doesn't really have anything else to do. This job is kind of all he has. Yeah. And so I think because of that, he's 
the kind of person where he, well, he constantly kind of jokes about it where he would rather, you know, die in a blaze of glory than live in retirement. Um, and that comes up a lot in this movie. And um, a lot of that kind of also revolves around his partner, Alberto Parker. Um, you can tell that Marcus cares about him, but he's kind of of that older generation kind of raised on racist and like traditional values where, you know, and that's not an excuse for that, but that's kind of just how that group of people is. And, you know, he, I, you can kind of get the sense that he doesn't really know how to appropriately express kind of his affection towards his partner mm-hmm. and kind of just resorts to these these Insults. racist jokes and constant teasing. But, yeah. you know, he cares about him, mm-hmm. especially when Alberto Parker, played by Gil Birmingham, gets shot and killed at the end of the movie. You can kind of see the terror on Marcus's face. Yeah, I know I didn't finish the movie the first time because I for I I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, and it was so sudden. It, it kind of comes yeah. out of nowhere. It, it made me sad. Yeah, me no, me too. Because the whole time they're kind of setting up this idea that mm-hmm. Marcus is going to be the one that kind of dies at the end of this because he's he'd rather die out there than yeah. retire. But Alberto, who's the one that kind of has, he's got this wife and his family he values hard work he sees a future with his family he talks about it and he's the one who's whose life gets cut short mm-hmm. and that's hard to watch um so alberto he's also he's native american and and mexican that's kind of where a lot of marcus's jokes come from and um i you can tell he likes marcus too but he i i think he does get annoyed oh yeah you can see it in the um in the motel room Mm -hmm. you could definitely see it was getting to him like he kind of turns around and um yeah when they were watching that worship thing or whatever Mm -hmm. and that was a funny line he was like i'm catholic yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah it definitely gets to him a little bit i mean he was constant with racist remarks Mm -hmm. um i bet you know it's probably not easy to live like that in texas yeah yeah um, but the real star of the movie is the T-Bone waitress, uh, played by Margaret yeah. Bowman. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of those scenes that doesn't need to be there, but I'm so glad it is because I no, think that it's one you absolutely can keep. hilarious. That one you can keep. Uh, <laughs> is she like a real waitress or is it's, that I think she, actor? I, I think she's actress? just an actress. But um, She did really well. Oh, yeah. It's not very often that somebody outperforms Jeff Bridges in a scene, but she killed it. I know. I was looking at the letterbox reviews and someone was like, give her the supporting uh actor oscar uh-huh. and they were like i'm not even joking yeah yeah because like <laughs> she was hilarious the the looks that she would give yeah in the scene. what do you not perfect. want green beans <laughs> or corn on the cob uh-huh. <laughs> you know i've been working here for 44 years ain't nobody ever ordered nothing but t-bone steak and a baked potato except this one asshole from new york tried to order trout back in 1987 we don't sell no goddamn trout. T-bone steaks. So either you don't want the corn on the cob or you don't want the green beans. So what don't you want? And he was like, can I get my steak medium? Nope, medium nope. rare. <laughs> Which is, by the way, uh-huh. is how it should be. It is. I For do everybody agree. out there. Do I mean, not that restaurant get, sounds pretty good. Like, I'm like <laughs> don't do not get your steak medium well, mm-hmm. medium rare, please, God. Anyway, <laughs> but I also just love respect when she's, the meat. Yeah, she. 
she's like a sweet tea gentleman and he's like yes ma'am and then she, <laughs> yeah, she like and looks she just like looks over at marcus yeah. and it's like yep yep sweet and they're tea. like yeah nobody's robbing this place <laughs> um so this is a modern day western this film um i love western. modern day westerns by the way <laughs> yeah me too and i want to watch more westerns from back when they were really oh. big the good ones because i haven't really seen a lot at yeah all. i've seen like um the good the bad and the ugly and that's probably about it honestly that's the only one you've seen are there maybe is another is another one i think i watched one go, in high school go, but i don't um, remember we've had landon on the podcast before go hit him up mm-hmm. he's like the western dude okay but okay. the good and the bad and the ugly is like one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. uh it's literally my background <laughs> i'm showing god i have so many tabs open but yeah all right it's, cool. it's one of my favorite movies of all time but uh, yeah i love modern westerns uh i mean you've seen no country for old men that's probably yeah. one of my favorites but you don't do you not like that movie um no i like it i it's okay. i've only seen it once it's been a long time i i want to watch it again yeah but um yeah you have movies like that as well as you know honestly as far as westerns that kind of take place in modern day i guess brokeback mountain as well but yeah most of the but also most of the westerns made today are still kind of take place back in that era like mm-hmm. you have um there will be blood uh 310 to yuma django Unchained, oh yeah that's a good one um about the ballad of buster scruggs oh that's it. so good uh true grit so the the coen brothers clearly yeah like, coen brothers like the westerns you also have rango fargo um, kinda not really but <laughs> i do like fargo's well. yeah but um yeah so I I I I like the mo- I like the western that comes out mm-hmm. today that takes place in modern day. Yeah, there, Are there will any be any others. There will be the blood wind count, would it? Um, not really as modern probably, but it's still like a bit Are of a western. Are there others? Uh I don't know if you would count Lawless as a western. I think that was on the I don't cuz that's like East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh you put me on the spot. Yeah, no, that's okay. I couldn't really think of You said uh, you many, said like but, the big ones though. Yeah. Um so in the Western, so Taylor Sheridan, he wanted to make a story about the West and how it is today. I think he has some kind of like history with Texas. This was kind of taking place when Texas had, was kind of burning a lot of fires. Um, yeah, I looked it up. He is from Texas. Okay, yeah. And so it's this is really a personal film for him. He had also just recently become a father, um, was kind of scared of failing as a father after quitting acting, moving into writing, which is not as well-paying. But clearly he's killing it because he's done some freaking awesome movies. Yeah, it so. is not. Well, like writers are probably the worst paid in uh, the film industry. Mm-hmm. And for him to do that and set, be very successful, obviously, like yeah. Yellowstone, ratings through the roof. Mm-hmm. So very good for him. Yeah. But I mean, this has everything you need from Western. It's in the West. I mean, it's it's bank robbers. They're trying to save their land. Yeah. You know, land is always big. They're being pursued by literal sheriffs. It's, I mean, it's yeah, literal yeah. literal rangers. They're just going after outlaws, yeah. which is Western one hundred and one. Yeah, um, they're just trading the horses but, I mean, that's, for some rundown cars. Yeah, I mean, that's just a simple plot device to get out the characters mm-hmm. in the movie, which worked very well. Yeah. And this is another movie like Brokeback Mountain, where the landscape is a hugely important part of the film. Yeah, um, it's it feels desolate. Is it on location? Poor. Um, it's actually not on location. This was they got me. Was that a fun fact? That was all right. Another fun fact: this movie is set in Texas, but not a single scene was actually filmed there because state legislature removed tax incentives, and so therefore they filmed in New Mexico instead. 
I mean, they're right beside each other. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much the same. But I guess like a lot of people, if you're from Texas, you'll immediately know it's not Texas because yeah. some of some certain road signs that are different in Texas than they are in New Mexico. Oh, okay. Like yeah. the way they're shaped. But um, yeah. Got me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that, that kind of environment just breeds the kind of characters that you see in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like a Native American Mexican sheriff, that's Texas, that kind of old you know, traditional kind of racist sheriff, that's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you got the the brothers that have been kind of just cheated out of their family's money by the banks. They're mm-hmm. poor. They're trying to hold on to what land they have left. Oil. For oil, you know, always, always oil. oil. <laughs> <laughs> always. I mean, how many movies have we covered where oil was a, this? At know. least three. Yeah. I mean, we got the Muppets. <laughs> you got <laughs> There Will Be Blood. But true. Yeah. There Will Be Blood. Obviously, huge oil for that one. But. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we can learn something, though, because oil is the evil man. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I also really love how they have, like, they use the, like, hyper-masculine gun-toting Texan in mm. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you just got all these guys, everyone's got a gun there. I mean, literally, they rob this bank, shoot a guy, as soon as they step out the door, they have, like, a brigade of random yeah. citizens in their trucks with their shotguns. Even that old guy, out. they're like, you got a gun on you? Like, yeah, I got a gun on me. <laughs> like, what like, do you, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you asking such a stupid question? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of scary, but it's also kind of funny. You know, yeah. They do it. It's definitely like in a movie setting, it's funny. Uh-huh. But it is kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> So the cinematography in this movie is Giles Nutgens. Um I thought that this was a very pretty movie. I they did too. Use, yeah. They use a lot of earth tones. Um and they really they really highlight the heat of the landscape through the cinematography because a lot of, you know, DPs hate like this harsh sun beating right down from above, but they kind of use that in this Mm -hmm. movie to its advantage because it really kind of just makes it feel hot with that harsh light coming down, but it never ruins the shots. I mean, they still all look great. Um, And they, I mean, they even did little details like they made an effort to keep the crew. They had a small crew for this movie. Um, and part of that was just kind of an effort to keep stuff, even like the grass, to not trample all over the environments to make it look untouched. Because the landscape in the, that you see in these shots is just, just like is never ending. Yeah. Like you just see to the horizon, just nothing but land. That's what I think of like Texas being mm-hmm. just like a big slab of land. Yeah. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they never did any like previs or pre-planning in this movie for the shots. Um, really? The, yeah. So really what... Um, the director did with this is he kind of just talked about the meaning of the scenes beforehand with a cinematographer. And then once they got to set, they kind of just did what felt right for mm-hmm. it. But yeah, they never had any sort of previs storyboards, things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. You don't really see that often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was some, there was a couple of shots that stood out to me. One where, uh, uh, God, I'm blanking on the characters' names, but Chris Pine and Ben Foster, where they were uh, sitting on the post, just mm-hmm. like kind of looking around. It was like just a simple shot, but it really stood out to me. Yeah, was that where they're um, when they were drinking and there's like their silhouettes were against the background and stuff? I think or is that so. something different. But well, that specific shot that I'm talking about, that was just kind of a random spur of the moment. Gotcha. Um, uh, I'm actually looking at what else this cinematographer has done, and I haven't really heard of any of these other movies. But I thought he did great, so I'd like to see him 
do do some more. I mean, he has a lot, but it just looks like stuff I've never heard of before. Oh, he did Enola Holmes. <laughs> really? They and, actually uh, uh, just renewed that. Mm-hmm. I saw a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also did the Fundamentals of Caring, which that's uh, I don't know if you. I like that, that movie. Yeah, me that's too. Good. Wait, that was good. is that Paul Rudd? Yeah. Paul okay. Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a good movie. It is. All right. And yeah, I wouldn't like I say said, like the cinematography stood out to me, but it was mm-hmm. like it fit the tone of the movie. Yeah, it did. It did. And um, yeah, like I said, they used like a small intimate crew to help with the movie. What mood did you say the, the budget was again? 12 million, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, like the crew is like a huge contrast, especially for Chris Pine to say like Star Trek. Which oh, yeah. He was literally on, probably know? just like about to go to Star yeah. Trek. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So Letterboxd reviews. One second before mm-hmm. we go into that, since we're going to Letterboxd reviews. Do you like the Star Trek movies? Just real quick. <laughs> uh, Yes. I think they're fun. Okay. Me too. Anyway, no, I do. I, especially the third Are they not going to make any new ones? I don't know. I feel like I've seen some kind of stuff recently, but I don't remember which way it was saying, so I don't know. Okay. But um, no, I think they're good. The third one, like Star Trek Beyond, I think some people are kind of hating on it, but I like it. I think, I, I think they're good. all so much fun. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Letterbox now, reviews. Letterbox reviews. All right. <laughs> I hope I didn't steal that one, by the no, way. Okay. No, you didn't actually okay. take that one. Um. This one is from Lulu. Jeff Bridges in this sounds like he swallowed 10 tiny Tom Hardys and gained their combined mumbling powers. <laughs> Man, that's a like perfect analogy, by the way. Like as soon as you just read that off, that makes total uh, sense. 10 tiny Tom Hardys, 10 tiny Tom Hardys. <laughs> this one is from Adrian Balboa. Theoretically, yes, I could have put on a traditional Halloween movie, but what's scarier than an unhinged Ben Foster and plastic dad sunglasses? That's what I'm saying, dude. That character gave me, like, I don't know. It scared me, too, because I feel like, mm. I don't know, I feel like I've met a couple of those guys, and I just no, know me not, too. like, yeah. Where they're just, they seem to not have any, like, consensus of what's, like, a smart, reasonable thing to do, and they're just, Like, their mind is, like, just not, like, clocking at the same speed, and yeah. it just, like pours out of their mouth like unpredictable people are scary yeah they are <laughs> unpredictability <laughs> did i scare you Jacob? oh my god i, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that coming <laughs> uh, this is probably my favorite one this is from sam Meltzer. no one said yeehaw once worst western ever zero out of ten <laughs> dang they didn't they said like y'all yeah you sound like that uh-huh. yeah. And last, of course, we have Fun Fact Hour. I already gave you a couple. Wait, so is are we done after Fun Fact Hour? Uh, well, I'll ask you for any you okay. Know, last All right, keep you going because you missed something. Uh, so the film's original title for this was Comancheria, uh, which is a region of New Mexico, West Texas, and nearby areas occupied by the Comanche before the 1860s. Mm-hmm. The Comanche are mentioned repeatedly through this. Yes, um, the you know the sheriff um, Alberto. He's he's Part Comanche. Um, they talk about the Comanches, Lord of the Plains, stuff like that a lot. In this yeah, the uh, the Comanche casino scene. Mm-hmm. And apparently, something I read, I think, said that Comancheria and Hell or High Water were kind of both up for the film title. Originally, it was Comancheria, but I think there's some sort of bet where uh, it just ended up going to Hell or High Water, which mm. I like. I like that title. Well, I, you know, like titles like Hell or High Water, I'm always waiting for. The line. Who's gonna say it? Uh-huh. Who's gonna say the yeah. title? And I finally got it. I, yeah. It was like an old random dude. That I think said it, it was. I think it was one of the like, like the bank guys or loan yeah. people or lawyer or something like that. Yeah, hell but, or high water. Mm-hmm. And then our last fun fact is that Taylor Sheridan, 
the writer who uh, he plays the cowboy whose cattle are chased off by like that grass fire. Oh, okay. The guy on the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wasn't planning on it because he's kind of overacting at this point. But um, David McKenzie told him that he was going to do it because he knew the monologue and he could recite it while on the back of a horse. He sounds like a cowboy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like real cowpokes. Like I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is Hell or High Water. Logan, you have some more comments? Uh, yeah, so you miss it again. Of course, it doesn't stand out, but it stands out to me. You uh-huh. miss the soundtrack. Uh, I know you don't listen to country music, <laughs> but I, I, I love old country music, and mm. they have some bangers in here. Uh, they have like You Asked uh, you Asked Me To by Billy Joe Shaver and Waylon Jennings. Uh, like, I'm just saying, you. I don't know if you like the music at all. <laughs> no, but. I did. I did like it. There was some more. Oh, yeah, Outlaw, State of Mind, Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good music in here. But anyway, you never listen to the music in movies. Hey, I had a whole segment in the Spider-Verse episode about the soundtrack. Yeah, because so. I always <laughs> mention the soundtrack, and you're like, I'm going to have to bring up the soundtrack. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Anything else, Hell or High Water? Uh, I'm glad I watched it again because for some reason I was having a bad day when I was like probably 17 years old or mm. something. But yeah, <laughs> now that I'm 22, I really appreciate this movie and I will definitely probably give it another watch in yeah. a year or two. If you were to rate it out of 10, what do you think you would give it? Eight. Eight? Yeah. I think I would give it a nine. Probably closer to an eight than a 10, but yeah. this one just, I don't know, it just stands out to me. Mm-hmm. It does. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening. This was Hell or High Water. Follow us on Instagram at We Minored in Film, Twitter, Minored in Film, Letterboxd, Minored in Film. And shout out to Callista Schultz for social media and Annabella Ortiz for our graphic. Logan, did I miss anything? Shout out to my good buddy, Jacob. Aww. <laughs> uh, not a shout out for you. This has been Jacob Weiss. <laughs> I'm Logan O'Rock. And We Minored in Film. <laughs>